the Go Gopher podcast with Mike Grimm, episode number 51. I am Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers, and we're in New York City with a special Pinstripe Bowl edition of the podcast. The Gophers arrived here in the Big Apple on Christmas Day. They've been practicing, working out, and taking in the sights and sounds of the city ever since. The Pinstripe Bowl is this Thursday at Yankee Stadium. The Gophers taking on the Syracuse Orange in a 1 o'clock game. Our special interview guest today is a busy man. He's wrapping up his final game as a Gopher assistant coach and about ready to take over the helm as the new head coach at Kent State on a full-time basis. Kenny Burns is the current running backs coach and associate head coach for P.J. Flex Golden Gophers. He'll soon take over the Golden Flashes of Kent State. That's as soon as the Pinstripe Bowl is over. What are his hopes and what are his goals for the new gig? And while with the Gophers, Burns has coached a lot of good running backs and we'll get his thoughts on the record-breaking Muhammad Ibrahim. We'll also have a flash visit from Mariano Sori Marin, whom I caught up with walking off the practice field for the very last time as a Golden Gopher on Monday. We'll hear that quick conversation later on. Our Go Gopher podcast is presented by alumni-owned Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're a business founder planning to exit your business, start by contacting Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. Sunbelt serves more businesses up to $5 million in revenue than anyone. And True North M&A serves companies with revenues up to $150 million. Get a confidential, no-cost, no-obligation business valuation started today. Make the most of your life's work. Visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com today. We're also glad to have Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union with us on the Go Gopher podcast. Affinity Plus has been a longtime Golden Gopher supporter. You can find out more at affinityplus.org slash gogophers. Our podcast is also sponsored by State Farm agent Tony Hoagland at champlininsurance.com. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast. You can do so by clicking on the subscribe button. The Go Gopher podcast is free to subscribe and free to listen at any time. Last week, for example, we talked with Gopher safety Tyler Newbin. He's coming back for one more year of Gopher football next year. Go back and listen. You'll enjoy it. This week, it's episode 51 from Manhattan, a pinstripe bowl preview edition. Gopher running backs coach Kenny Burns and future Kent State head coach. He's got a bright future. We'll hear from him next. I'm Clay Geary, walk-on, turn scholarship, wide receiver for Gopher football. And I'm Ben Utek, U of M alumni, Super Bowl champion, and Tony Dungy Uncommon Award winner. We understand championship culture, which is why we're part of the True North family of companies. True North invests in only elite teams, like the champion team at Sunbelt Business Advisors, Minnesota's largest seller of companies. To learn more about True North and our diverse family of independently owned companies, visit truenorthequitypartners.com. Hey, Gopher fans, this is your State Farm agent, Tony Hoagland. We are super excited to be part of the new Mike Grimm Show on Talk North. For the year of 2022, we will be donating $10 to the University of Minnesota Children's Masonics Hospital for everyone that calls our office or checks in with us online and mentions that they heard about us on Talk North and the Mike Grimm Show. We are really excited again that Mike came on board with Talk North. You can reach us at 763-421-4900. You can find us on the web at champlininsurance.com. Again, 763-421-4900 or find us on the web at champlininsurance.com. Roll the boat, Sky Uma, go Gophers.
It's episode number 51, the Go Gopher podcast, and Golden Gopher running back coach Kenny Burns is with us, and uh, some exciting news certainly in uh, in his life going on right now as he's serving double duty. First of all, thanks for coming on and uh, sharing some of your uh, your thoughts with us. No, thank you for having me. This is, uh, like you said, an exciting time for me and my family as we balance both jobs right now, but uh, just <laughs> glad Coach Flight gave me the opportunity to be here and coach through the bowl game. Yeah, so just so we set the stage, Kenny Burns has been named the new head coach head coach at Kent State in the uh, in the MAC and uh, he has some MAC experience of course with PJ in fact uh, for a year at Western Michigan and we'll talk about that and and as he's getting ready for that and assembling a staff and uh, and finishing up his first signing day and all those things uh, he is also uh, staying with this team uh, through the bowl game the Gophers to uh, to finish out talk me through how that decision came about yeah you know after the after the uh, announcement that Kent State was going to make me their head coach you know me and coach Fleck just kind of talked about the transition and uh you know he asked what i needed to to make sure kent state was in good form and then uh, what he needed here and it worked itself out where for both teams it was probably beneficial that i stay here and coach for the bowl game give some time now to to find the next coach and then allows me to to really have one more opportunity with my guys and mo and and watch him you know do what he does one yeah. more time so it just worked itself out and uh, he's been great through the transition and helped me kind of balance both and get my roster right at, at kent state and assemble staff and and do all the things that they need as well, you know, not not missing too much here. Yeah, it's probably all going like a thousand miles an hour right now for <laughs> yeah. sure. Take me through the interview process, how that went uh, when, when you uh, you know started to uh, to get the idea, like, hey, I've got a I've got a shot here to become a head coach. Yeah, you know, at Kent State, the Sean left to go to Colorado, and, and then the the next day, you know, the search firm gave me a call, and they were interested, and they wanted to gauge my interest, and I told them obviously I had tons of interests. Uh, I knew the AD uh, previously through some things we had done outside of coaching with the NCAA and leadership so there was a relationship already there uh, I knew a lot of people who had been there before both player and coach who spoke highly of it and the, the way it, the trajectory it was going on so then I just dug into it I had my agent dug in, dig into it and tell me exactly what it's about it, you know exactly what they're looking for exactly what they need and then when you got to the, the nitty-gritty of it, it kind of worked for me and, and it fit me and then we met and had a had a good conversation with with their committee and uh, you know they called back and had another good conversation and, and then at the last call they kind of said, you know, you're you're our guy if you want it, and then it kind of it worked itself out. So. Wow, it's so cool. How how thrilling is that? You're 39 years old, a yeah. relatively young head coach. You've worked your way up through, and um, here you got a shot now. Yeah, no, it's it's awesome. Uh, you know, there's tons of coaches who who want this opportunity. You know, and uh, it, it's not easy. You know, there were 17 other jobs I didn't get. You know, yeah, that right. I was in on as well. Uh, and you finally find one where the timing works and the people work, and uh, you just you, you jump on it. And that's what I did. You know, when I saw the door was open there was opportunity you know I'd been in the Mid-America Conference I'd had success there I recruited the landscape where they wanted to recruit uh, I've been a part of rebuilds at North Dakota State and Wyoming and and really Minnesota too you know how coach did it from the ground up so yeah. I've seen it and how it works and that's what they were looking for and uh, for me it was it was perfect from the standpoint of where you're at now what what is um, as you're juggling both these things what what with Kent State are you doing right now I assume getting your coaching staff <laughs> assembled and, and and getting a roster assembled you know Right after the um, the announcement, I, I, I came back here for a day, and then I went out there for a, uh, the press conference, and, and then I stayed out there for about five days. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was something that Coach Fleck really pushed me to do because it gave me a chance to meet with the right people, you know, your uh, compliance, your emissions, uh, the current roster, and, and get a kind of pulse on where the where the school is, where the football program is. So I, I did that, and I was out there and really not sleeping very much, <laughs> and uh, and doing that. Then I, while I was there, also I was building the staff, and you know, a lot of th a lot of times in the interview process. Uh, 
process. You have your staff already assembled. So you're really talking about contracts now and where guys fit and piecing everything in together. And uh, it worked itself out. And then I got back here and got back to work. And then uh, my mind kind of shifted, you know, but the AD there who, who ran Dale Richmond, he, he told me, he said, when you, when you leave here, you know, be where your feet are, you know, your feet are in Minnesota, be there and uh, enjoy this. You've earned the right to enjoy this experience. And, uh, you know, we'll come back here. We'll, we'll pick up where we left off. So yeah. I've kind of done that here. I've kind of got my staff, got, they got tasks and things they're doing to make sure we're, we're ready to go when I get back. But I've been here and present and uh, trying to enjoy my family as they're going to stay back until July, yeah. you know, until my daughter's done with school. Uh, so just enjoying every minute of this. And uh, that's the best advice I got. Yeah. And certainly um, I want to ask you about the bowl game and about Muhammad, of course, here coming up. But um, take me through your vision as a head coach. What what are your goals and, and, and hopes now with, with Kent State as you move forward? Yeah. You know, the one thing I want to do is, is I want to take it to a place it's never been, you know, and I want to win a MAC championship and uh, I want to take it to a level that it's it's a national brand. And that's kind of what I sold them. And, you know, I've got this thing called Kit Grit, and I'm sure you've seen it online yeah. a little bit. Uh, and it's really about growing, responding uh, to whatever you, you, you get when you're growing and then doing it with integrity and then locking arms and doing it together. And uh, that's my foundation. Uh, a lot of that mindset comes from my, my time with PJ and, and what he's taught me over, over the years in our culture here. Uh, and then a little bit of my own spin to it and twist, you know, yeah. as other with other experience that I've had over my over my coaching career. So uh, the biggest thing for that team, I told them academically, athletically, socially, and spiritually, we just want to change your best, which I know you've heard that yeah, I've before. heard that a few times, yeah. <laughs> so that, that, that's what I, I truly believe it, and, and I understand it, and I know how to make it make it work in the landscape of college football. And I think the kids are going to enjoy their experience and, and maximize their uh, potential. So there'll be a little Minnesota flavor uh, in terms of what PJ has done with the Gophers uh, with Kent State now. Yeah, you know, there'll be a Minnesota flavor. There'll be a little bit of... Uh, Craig Bull in North Dakota State in there too, and Wyoming, uh, right? yeah. you know, and uh, Dale Lennon in Southern, and then Kenny Burns, you know, kind of putting it all together. And that's the great thing about an assistant coach who never had aspirations to be a coordinator, uh, always wanted to be a head coach. Uh, what you do is you really focus in on the things that the head coach is doing that are working, that that aren't working, uh, and, and kind of put your own twist to it. And, you know, now you've got your opportunity to put all those ideas together and then make it your own. And uh, that's what I'm looking forward to the most. When you um, now are into uh, taking over as the head coach and you mentioned you know you, you pull a little from everybody and then have to form your own identity what will your identity be do you think as a as a program yeah you know it's it's really going back to that grit idea you know and, and that's what I want out of them uh, that whole idea of growing responding with integrity and together and uh, I, I think that's going to be who we are and what I've learned over my career with even my own position group is that when you when you stick to your core values of that typically you've got a pretty good football player you know when, yeah. you, when you make a really good person it typically leads to a pretty exceptional football player and you know I've, I've had that success with Rodney Smith with Muhammad uh, making them better people uh, has led to them in my opinion being really good football players so that's going to be the core value system that we're going to have and you know and then from a structure standpoint we're going to play what we call Kent uh, flash fast and on offense have a good tempo when we go and, and score points and then suffocate on defense you know and that's going to be our, our identity identity from a football standpoint what did you learn your year in the Mac that you can implement to now as a head coach in that conference you can outwork your 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 opponent <laughs> and what <laughs> I mean by that is is sometimes you know in the Big Ten you're, you're looking at rosters where there's just more advantage 
advantages, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And you're looking at resources where there's just naturally more advantages that it's hard to catch catch up a little bit. At the MAC, there's so much parity. Uh, any any school could win the MAC. You look at it every year. There's kind of a different school in the, in the MAC championship. Yeah. Uh, so I, I really believe you can outwork your, your opponent in recruiting and X's and O's uh, and how you work in the weight room. And, and really, that's what we're going to do. In, in my in my opinion, and we're going to outwork our opponent. And uh, that's what I learned with PJ. You know, we weren't the the most talented roster when he first got to Western Michigan, but by year four, he had built it into a, a really really strong roster that that won two uh, bowl game or two BCS games against Illinois and Northwestern, and then really gave Wisconsin a run for its money in, in the Cotton Bowl. You know, and I and I, I've seen how he's done it. He's recruited really hard, uh, and then he's you know he's made his team tougher than, than everybody else in the league. So. Yeah, for sure. And as you as you get through that, then it um, uh, you're familiar with the the geography, yeah, uh, yeah. and there's a lot of good football players proximity wise yeah. in Ohio, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're going to own Ohio. That's what I've told our staff. <laughs> so every coaching member on my staff will have a piece of Ohio. Uh, we're going to touch it in every way. And there's so many good football players there. When I was at Western Michigan, I recruited Columbus, and uh, I got to go to Cleveland a little bit too. And, and the amount of talent that's in that state is, is really unbelievable. Yeah. And it reminds me a lot of Michigan when I was uh, at Western Michigan. There was a lot of talent in Detroit and some of the surrounding areas that we did a great job of, of taking control of. Yeah, it's so exciting. Uh, congratulations yeah, on that part you. of it. And I know it's uh, you're going to get uh, hit the ground running here as soon as this uh, game's done at Yankee Stadium this week. Let's talk about that game now yeah. a little bit. And um, let's start just generally um, as it's your final uh, help in terms of preparation for uh, as a Golden Gopher running backs coach and associate head coach um, for the Syracuse uh, opponent. What do you know about the Orange? What can you tell Gopher fans that uh, you guys are anticipating? Yeah, well, they're extremely talented. Uh, when you look at their roster and, and you watch their defense, there's a ton of athletes just running around there. And uh, they do a good job schematically of, of trying to create confusion, you know, with some of their blitzes and some of their stunts up front. Uh, we just got to be sound and, and, and do what we do. But uh, when you look at their roster from the, the front four to the, the back four, they're, they're extremely, extremely talented. And a lot of guys that, you know, we would love to have on our roster, you know, from an athletic standpoint. So that, that's a, a big challenge that we have. And then, like I said, they, they do some scheme, some things schematically that, that Coach Rock has got a good pulse on. But it takes reps, you know, to get, get all their twists and their stunts and their blitzes down. And uh, I think our guys are doing a good job with it. You guys, too, are set so much with experience on offense. How much, too, is it just like we know what we know and and try to stop us? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's been a part of our secret sauce. It's right? being very uh, uh, simple. But I, call, I still call it simple but complex. You know, and why I call it complex is because there's so many. It looks like we're running the ball inside, but there's so many ways we can do it. You know, and uh, I think our guys have mastered it. You know, and I always talk about this year and this time of, time of year, why we've had success in bowl games is because I think our offense has our offensive players have mastered the system. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you're mastering the system, there's nothing that really can confuse you. And I told the running backs that today, actually. I said, you know, you should be very confident uh, with, with how you, when you go out there and play, because you, you understand the looks you can get, you understand the reads off the looks, and uh, you should play confident and fast, you know, so that's that's where we're at right now. Yeah, and we, uh, we uh, I was out watching practice today out at Fordham, cool spot, the really cool. football stadium, <laughs> and then the, it served as the baseball stadium, it looked like, as well, and um, and the weather was pretty decent in yeah. relative terms from what we just left out in Minneapolis <laughs> when it was 50 below, um, but what's it like today, I guess, as we talk here, this is Monday, that was 
was the last, I guess, full go padded practice for you yeah. um, with uh, with the likes of Mo Ibrahim and Trey Potts and Bryce Williams and Preston Jellin, and I'm forgetting guys, but um, <laughs> at least on this current group, it's Zach Evans, uh, who, who has a bright future, certainly. Um, uh, what was that like, knowing that, uh, at least in pads, obviously that would be your last chance to, to coach these young men? You know, it, it was kind of surreal, and, and I truly mean that, because it... Uh, well, how time flies. You know, every year I talk to the guys about, you know, the hourglass kind of running out uh, and you're, you're going to eventually run out of time. You've got to you got to cherish every moment that you get. And for me, uh, I felt that today a little bit, that my hourglass is kind of running out. And uh, these guys have meant such a big part of my life. And uh, they've helped me become a better husband, father and coach. And uh, to, to see that time kind of ending is, is really kind of surreal for me. And uh, I think about you know, when you're a head coach, you want to stay a head coach. You never really think about being an assistant again, <laughs> you right, know. Right. And uh, there's so much intimacy and relationships when you're an assistant coach that when you're a head coach, you don't necessarily have. And uh, that, that kind of hit me today as we were wrapping up the practices that the tightness and the bonds that I have with these young men and the, the way I've affected their lives and they affected mine. Am I going to have that again as a head coach? You know, you yeah. will and you're in a different kind of way, but uh, that's something that I, I'll truly miss. I think of that group of running backs, too, and what you, in terms of those intimate relationships, have dealt with. And- in terms of Mohammed coming back from the injury, uh, Preston Jellin had a had a season-ending injury yeah. also last year. You know, dealing with that, and um, you know Bryce Williams just kind of been that steady guy who probably had a chance if he wanted to transfer, could have, and said, "I'm I, this is what I want to be part of." I mean, it's it's been a pretty cool group of, of yeah. guys, you know. And then you go back, as you mentioned, to, to Rodney and Shannon and some of those other guys yeah. too. Yeah, I've had a really uh, good group, and I, I don't think coaches go through that and experiences all the time. You know, I've been here for six years and I literally have a relationship with every single guy I've coached here and even after they've left. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that's a special bond that I'll never forget and I'll always remember. And I, I literally made him take a picture, I think it was a, three days ago, that I want to put in my office just to remind me uh, of that and how they've affected me and how I've, I've affected them. And not just the running backs, this team, you know, Braven Spenford, uh, Tanner Morgan, uh, Chris Altman-Bell. I've been around these guys for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they've been to my my house and they part they participated in my running back cook-off and all kinds of things that have helped build relationships with all of them so yeah it's been a it's been a unique six years but I wouldn't change one thing for the world and, and I love these guys and I don't want to just pick one guy out but when he's about to maybe become the greatest running back in the history of the school we kind of got to pick him out here a little bit so let, let's talk about Muhammad Ibrahim he's he's certainly within striking distance if he does what he normally does he's going to have the all-time leading record in rushing for a career uh, rushing for a season. He's tied currently with uh, well, he has all the rushing touchdown records for a career. Um, he can, if he scores once, and hopefully he scores three or four times on Thursday, he'll have uh, that record as well. Um, what, what's uh, what's it been like coaching Muhammad Ibrahim now for five years, six it, years, right? It's been probably the biggest joy in, in my life of coaching. Uh, really? Coaching, coaching yeah. Mo, and, and it has because I've got to see him his freshman year coming here, and uh, I'll never forget it. We were playing Iowa. It was kind of his first start and uh, it was 2018, I believe, and you know he, he struggled in the game. And I remember standing in the locker room after the game, and he was extremely emotional and thought he, he really thought he could never play here. And uh, I think about that time to where he is now, it's unbelievable to me. And to see his transformation throughout that season and then the following ones, you know, in 2018, he was a Bull MVP. Um, and then he came back the next year, and he was a number three, really, on the depth chart. Yeah. And the kid never complained. He never quit smiling. 
mind. He never did anything that would, would cause harm to our football team. He just wanted to help it. And then 2020, running back of the year. And then 2021, all of a sudden you have an injury. Uh, and he's still, kid's always been positive and always had a smile. And uh, we love him. My family <laughs> loves him. Uh, and it's been literally the, probably the biggest joy in my coaching career to coach a young man like that. And then to see him transform. You know, when he came in here, he wasn't the greatest student. Uh, now he's leaving here with the, d- the degree. He's graduating with honors. Uh, his, his mom is so proud of him. I'm so proud of him. And again, I got to see a young man really turn into a man in, in five or six years here. And uh, gonna miss him. Uh, but like he always says, he goes and tells me all the time, "I'm not going anywhere." And so <laughs> I'll be I'll be at Kent State to see you and, yeah. and, and to be with you. And that's just that's Mo for you. And uh, I think my daughter is gonna take it the hardest <laughs> leaving <laughs> leaving Mo. Uh, they're they're kind of BFFs, and uh, he he loves her. She loves him. He's been to her dance recitals, and they've done TikTok together. He's been over for dinner ten times, and uh, I think she I think she hasn't really hit her yet. But yeah. she to, like, a couple of days ago she asked me. She goes, "Is Mo really leaving?" <laughs> I said, "Well, if he doesn't leave, we're leaving." So. Yeah. It's been it's been great though, but no, I love Mo and I love all those guys, and uh, I'm gonna truly miss them. You know, you mentioned too uh, that first start, and then I even think the year before that, he's he's on the scout team. He never played as a never true played. true freshman and just fought through it to the point where he was special or uh, scout team player of the year, yep. right? Yep. Did you know then that he could be as special as he was? I mean, it's obviously hard to project because yeah. you want all your guys to you know yeah. set all the records. But what was your thought? And in fact, you go all the way back to your time at Western Michigan is mm-hmm. when you started creating a relationship, yeah. right, with him? Yeah, at Western Michigan. I thought he could be a good player. I didn't know. You, you never know they're going to be a great one until you get them and you see how they work. Mm-hmm. And uh, I probably knew he was going to be really, really good the bowl game at 2018 Georgia Tech. Yeah, uh, how he prepared for that game, his confidence level, uh, he took a step that a lot of players don't take and where he wanted to know more and more and more and, and that's when I knew okay we have a really special player here yeah. uh, and then how he handled the, the transition of 2019 with Rodney and Shannon coming back and the teammate that he was I, I said he has the intangibles to be special too and uh, he didn't let me down after that uh, he just ran with it and I, and I t- remember telling him I, in 2000 I think 20 after the first game I said to him I think you can be the greatest running back to ever play here if you keep working at this level and he goes I'm determined to be and that I'll never forget that. And he had a look in his eye like, I really am. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's awesome. It's been great. And you think even back to that 2019 year where, you, like you mentioned, he was third team. But then I think back to certain times, I mean, he really wasn't third team, right? I mean, he was as good as any of them, but yep. with through seniority and different things and, and all that stuff. Um, when it did come to crunch time a few times, including that bowl game at Auburn, that last drive, that was Mo time, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. Mean, that, was, that's what, that might be one of my favorite drives of, of my time here was, and it resulted to no points was the I think we got the ball on the punt with what like 750 yeah. left yeah, took the and he never gave down. it back <laughs> it I mean never back. scored either but yeah. what a what a drive and that was Mo converting and I think there was a third and 11 maybe on yeah. there that he converted and some others I mean yeah he awesome. uh he he uh was my kind of go-to in those situations uh, because he had tons of confidence and and he understood the play I thought really well plays really well uh but yeah he was never really third team but you know it, on paper he was right, right. <laughs> and it, it was a backseat that that most guys don't have to take uh, after coming off the season he had in 2018. But no, he uh, he's had a role and, and a role of finishing, and it's one that I'll give Coach Fleck a lot of credit. He he's always trusted Mo in those situations, uh, and it's a lot to do with his unconquerable will and his how. You yeah. know, he's going to be determined to get a first down, and not saying the other guys wouldn't, but uh, he's shown consistency that he can do it, that he can put games away, and uh, so we've we've trusted Mo ever since really 2018 and, and what he did that year. What makes him good? Because I watch him, and um, you know he's good on in 
inside zone. And as you mentioned, there's a bunch of offshoots of inside zone. It's yeah. easy to say or outside zone or whatever. But that outside zone where he just kind of goes and goes and waits, and then all of a sudden you look, and it's like, that was an eight-yard gain. How did that happen? Yeah. Um, what, 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 what makes him so good? He's got exceptional anticipation. Uh, and what I mean by that, he, he knows the blocking schemes in and out, and he knows where people are going. Uh, so he, can, he, can, he knows when people are going to come off a double team and snap to a backer, and that's phenomenal because now he can control his tempo on a play, uh, when to go fast, when to slow down, and, and that's where that's the art of being a great running back to me is that understanding exactly what the scheme is, where's my movement key, how do I see it, how do I set him up to get him to where I want him to get to, and Mo knows that, and he could talk you through. I mean, if you, when he goes to the NFL and they sit him down in a meeting room have him talk through a play, they're going to be wild because yeah. he, he sounds like a coach, and he really, I think, the year off helped him with that even more. Uh, so that, that's where Mo's really good. You see him, he's so patient, people say. Well, he's really set up and anticipating, uh, which is which is really exceptional, and it's hard to do. But what he's done is he's showed the other running backs how to do the same thing, which really makes him a special back, even more so, because yeah. the, the success we've had in that room with with Kai and Bucky, uh, and I think Zach's going to be a heck of a player, Trey Potts, like, it all starts with Mo and, and how he teaches them how to go about their preparation. Uh, one, one thing Coach always says, he says with um, – Bad teams, no one leads. Average teams, players lead, or coaches lead, and elite teams, players lead. And, and Mo has really led that group, and, and I credit him to a lot of success in that room. Yeah, he's been so good. And then I hear people talking as a running back, Daryl Thompson, my broadcast partner. I know you've gotten to know him pretty well. Yeah. Talks about Mo's vision too. Vision as a running back, uh, he must have it, huh? He has exceptional vision. <laughs> but I, I go back to anticipation. Like it's he, all part of the. It's all yeah. part of it to me. He, he can really keep his eyes on his target, and they'll still understand when. People are coming off to block that target, yeah. and that to me is that anticipation and understanding. And uh, some people say it's just vision, but at this level, there's more to it to me than that. There's a sense of okay, I know where this block is going to, and how do I set it up to, to get there and know when exactly when to snap off and, and make a cut. Yeah, and then I watch that Iowa game, and that's a really good defense. And obviously, that was a game you know that was there to be won, but. Um, I mean, that defense statistically against the run was not just a good defense that for this season, like historically, it was pretty defense, good. You know? <laughs> like in the last 15 years, it was one of the best defenses. Yeah. And yet um, Mo just cut through it. And it looked to me, and you, you tell me if I'm wrong, that he found something with that vision, that anticipation yeah. that other running backs against Iowa had not found. I mean, I don't know if it was a cutback or whatever it was, but he was clearly yeah. um, uh, <laughs> finding some stuff. Yeah, he figured out their fit. He, he figured out exactly how they were fitting our two inside zone plays and I knew he had it about the third drive he came over to me and he drew it up and he, and he told me exactly what they're doing and how they were what we call they were plugging and hanging a backer and he told me he said if I can control this backside backer and make it look like outside zone he's going to bite a step and then I'm going to be able to snap off to it and like Man. and he had it dialed up and after that it was like stealing from a baby in his mind he was, it was like 263 <laughs> yards it was yeah. incredible he, he told Coach Rocca I think at one point keep calling it <laughs> keep and he, calling and then, it. So, and he, then he did, yeah. man. He did. It was. It's a shame that. I mean, if justice were served, that would have been a go for win. But sometimes you can't. You can't win them all. But um, but the performance um, that he had that day was unbelievable. Yeah, he had a, he had a, one of the best performances I've seen in my career. Yeah, for sure. Crazy. It's a great defense. <laughs> then the next week, um, Wisconsin. The axe is there to be had. Um, it's a close game, and it's a forty-five yard touchdown pass that ultimately wins the game in terms of the go-ahead points. And that was a wonderful play but again there he was number 24 right <laughs> picking up somebody to, yeah. to uh, g- 
give Ethan Kelly Manis just enough time to get that pass off to Lamecki Brockington. Yeah, yeah, he, he's one of the best pass pro guys I've ever I've ever been around either too. So he uh, he's got a good feel and he's got a good understanding. In that game, they were determined to not let Mo beat him after what what happened against Iowa, and uh, we knew we were gonna have to throw the ball to to, to win the game, and, and that's where Ethan came in and had a great game. And uh, from that game, for Mo was pass pro, and he was on top of that that game, which was awesome to see. So he's the ultimate team player. Uh, I truly believe that, and uh, he he makes people around him better, and that's what true leaders do, and uh, that's what that will, that's what makes Mo great. We hope he has a long, successful NFL career uh, when and if that's all finished. You mentioned how smart he is. Do you think he's going to be a coach? Oh, he will definitely be a coach. <laughs> there is no doubt in my mind that he will coach, and he will be exceptional at it. Uh, people, First of all, people follow his lead, uh, and then he's got a great way of articulating what he's thinking, and then he knows football. You know, And I believe if you can have relationships and you have good knowledge of football, you can be a great coach. And uh, Mo's going to be a phenomenal coach, and heck, I'll hire him one day, if, but I think Coach Fleck's going to beat me he's, to that. <laughs> He's called dibs already, yeah, maybe, know. right? Uh, that you mentioned the year off. It was so frustrating for him, I'm sure. But um, you mentioned it may have helped him just in terms of observing um, and, and probably leading too, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, what he did that year off, that, I'll credit Rodney Smith to that one because Rodney had a year off and he came and, and he visited with Mo quite a bit that year and he said to him, things that he did, like how he sat in the coach's room on Monday and got an understanding of exactly how we were blocking things, how things were being articulated for, to the O-line, and it helped Rodney understand our offense a little bit more, and, and, it, and I think it made him a better player in 2019, and Mo kind of followed that same lead. You know, he focused on how can I help, how can I teach, how can I learn, and uh, you look at 20, I think 2022, I think he was exceptional this year, you know, and what he did and how he did it, so that's, that's where I give him a lot of credit. A lot of guys would soaked a lot of guys would have said I don't know if I can get back at this he said okay what can I do to help everybody coach and then I kind of gave him some assignments and he took them and ran with them you know I, I really believe that he was Kai Thomas's personal coach yeah right. <laughs> and he met with him like nonstop. and I think that helped Mo to understand to see things just a little bit differently uh, last one for you for uh, on Muhammad um how he can play in the NFL, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. What what's, what's, uh, what 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 will be the key for him to to make it successfully there in the in pro football? Yeah, you know he's got the the best ten yard burst I think I've ever seen, and uh, that that's what the NFL is about, and they know that they understand that they see it, and then his ability to break tackles. You know he's one of the top in the country at, at breaking tackles, which is really big in the NFL. Those two things alone will make his productivity really high. You know he's never going to hit the long one in the NFL. You know. But not very many, not very many people are. <laughs> I mean, know? Emmett Smith like is the all-time leading rusher, right? Does he still hold that record? He's I think up, he's he does. up there. Yeah. Um, I mean, that 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 to me is the comp for what Mo. I mean, I don't know if he's going to get you know fifteen thousand right. yards, but he never broke the long one either. But yeah. he just always had that knack of veering and not taking a hard hit and breaking sure. tackles. And know? that's what Mo does, right? you know. And then you throw his, his anticipation and vision in there as well. He's going to be able to play the game faster than than what people think. Uh, but I, I know. A lot of NFL running back coaches who are very high on him yeah. and are really excited about him and his NFL career. You know, he's just got to find a way to stay healthy. And uh, and I think not carrying the ball 40 times in a game will help him stay healthy. <laughs> that might help. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so that might I'm help. I'm excited to watch him. Well, I'm excited that we get to see him one more time. Yeah, we too. Go on Take Thursday. it in. <laughs> Take it in. Enjoy it, Gopher fans. It's been fun. And uh, Kenny Burns, it's been fun chatting with you. And um, and best of luck. It, it's it's such an exciting time. And we'll, we're going to be following from uh, Minnesota. And we've become uh, 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 Kent State uh, fans. 
fans for sure. Yeah, I know. I appreciate it. And I appreciate all the support. Got tons of nice messages from Minnesota fans uh, who are excited about about my new journey, and I appreciate it. Our time here has been one of the one of the best. I mean, my wife, we've made a life here, and uh, it's been awesome. We're going to miss it dearly, but uh, we're excited too. Very good. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. My thanks to Gopher running backs coach Kenny Burns, who was our guest this week on the Go Gopher podcast episode number 51. We wish Kenny the very best when he takes over for Kent State later this week. As promised, I had a quick interview with Mariano Sorimarin on Monday after practice, which was at the Fordham University Football Stadium. The senior linebacker out of the Chicagoland area joined me on a chilly day after his final fully padded practice as a Golden Gopher. Hard to believe your final game here at uh, Yankee Stadium. Uh, what are your thoughts as uh, you get ready for this one? Yeah, you know, it's it's been a journey. And, uh, you know, finishing up my last practice today uh, in pads, it's a little emotional, but you just look back and reflect on the time that you've had here with all your teammates, all your coaches, the relationships that you've built. Um, and you just, you know, you're, you're appreciative and you're, and you're grateful for, for getting this opportunity and, and being able to live it, you know. And uh, I'll look back on these moments. I'll cherish them for the rest of my life and, uh, you know, reflect on it um, and pull from it later down in my life. Uh, probably some of your best friends forever, right? Some of your teammates here? Oh, for sure. And, uh, you know, actually after the bowl game, we'll be staying through New Year's Eve. So just to spend one final time together uh, before we all go our separate ways, some guys going to work, some guys going to train, um, you know, it'll be really cool just to celebrate our college careers, all the work that we've put in together, all the hard times and difficult times and all the good times, uh, really just to relax and, and spend one final moment together out here in New York City. You guys, uh, of course, playing on Yankee Stadium's famous turf here. Um, you guys spent some time this year studying Derek Jeter. Uh, a little I ironic there that uh, you end up playing on the your last game is going to be on the field that, uh, that of course he helped make famous. Yeah, you know, we talk about it all the time that there's no such thing as a coincidence and, and you can't ignore the signs. So being able to study Derek Jeter, um, one of the greatest baseball players of all time this year, um, it's really cool because we learned about the Yankee way. We learned about what made him such an elite player and to get to step on the field where Jeter played Babe Ruth, all the Yankee greats um, is really special. In a venue like Yankee Stadium, uh, you can say that you played on that and you can tell your kids about that and not a lot of people get that opportunity. So you got to be really thankful and just soak it all in and be appreciative of everyone that's played there before you. And for you to get to be a small part of that history of that stadium is really cool. How about being uh, just around this city that buzzes uh, 24 hours a day, New York City, in your final uh, chance here? Yeah, you know, they say it's magical to, to spend New York City uh, at, at, to, to be at, in New York City during the holidays. So, you know, I've, I've had a full list of restaurants that I'm, I'm working on hitting throughout the week. Uh, we, we were in Times Square last night. I know my dad's excited for the ball drop. So just to be able to spend a really cool time of the year with the people closest to you in your life is really special. And, uh, you know, you'll look back on these moments and again, you'll just remember them. Let's talk some football now. Syracuse, the opposition. What do you see from them offensively? Yeah, they're really explosive offense. Their quarterback, he, he's, he's the guy that, that makes their operation run. They're really explosive. They have really good receivers on the outside, um, and they do a really good job of, of creating the second play we talk about. Um, the quarterback can has great pocket present, presence. He's, he, he has the ability to step up in the pocket 
and scramble and throw or run for, for, for yards. So we have to be able to defend that. Um, and then they have a strong run game as well. I know the running back uh, won't be playing, but they have strong uh, backup running backs that I know will step up and we'll have to be ready to defend them. That quarterback, the challenge there, a guy that can run too, what kind of uh, pressure does that place on not just you as a middle linebacker, but the rest of the group too? Yeah, you just have to be keyed in on where his body presence is in the pocket um, because he has if, if he's comfortable in there and he, he's, he's going to have the ability to take a shot down the field, so I have to be ready to defend the middle of the field. But at the same time, uh, I can't get too deep or can't get too locked in on the pass because he will scramble up the middle uh, for some positive yards or scramble to throw for, for an explosive play. So you just have to be keyed in, um, and, and that's really just everybody doing their job, everybody working together in the pass rush, in the secondary, um, so we can shut them down and defend that. Um, opportunity here to get nine wins. How important is that uh, to go out, one, on a, a winning note, but to know you put together another nine-win season? Yeah, no, it's, it's a really special opportunity. And, you know, looking at a bowl game, it's really a celebration, all these seniors, all the work, everything that they've built here at the University of Minnesota, you know, compiled into this last game is really important for us. You know, anytime you get the opportunity to go out and play a football game, your goal is to win it. Um, so to go out there and win nine games for the second year in a row would be truly special. And we know that we've had to put in the work to get to that point. We're going to have to prepare to win that football game, but it's really just going to come down to us being us. Everybody going out there playing for each other and setting these seniors out on a strong note. Yeah, and uh, to close it, I guess if you're going to close at Yankee Stadium, you better be named Mariano, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a great <laughs> baseball name. I, I actually brought my baseball glove, so pregame maybe I'll, I'll toss the old baseball around a little bit just to say that I did. Very good. Enjoy it. It's yep. been fun watching. Thank you. There he is, Mariano Sorimarin. It's episode number 51. I hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as I enjoyed hosting it. We want to thank Affinity Plus. It's your local credit union proudly serving Minnesota since 1930. As a current Gopher student or a proud Gopher alum, either way or both, you're eligible to join a financial that wants to build a meaningful banking relationship and put you first. Meet with a local employee at any of their branches statewide, including one right near the University of Minnesota campus on University. To learn more or to find other ways to connect, go to affinityplus.org slash gogophers. That's affinityplus.org slash gogophers. Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, federally insured by NCUA. Our Go Gopher podcast also presented by Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're buying or selling a business, visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com today. As mentioned, they serve the Gophers so well, they purchased 800 tickets to the Pinstripe Bowl and distributed them locally here in New York to kids to go to the game. We're also brought to you by, as we mentioned, Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, a local member-owned, full-service financial invested in you. And as mentioned, you can go to affinityplus.org slash gophers. They have a top-ranked mobile app as well. We're also sponsored by State Farm agent Tony Hoagland. Again, I'd invite you to listen to past podcasts, and please be sure to click the subscribe button right now for the Go Gopher podcast. It's free to listen at any time. Happy holidays to everyone. Thank you for listening all year long. We'll talk again next week. Thank you.